say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roman County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along with me for the ride. Date of the live broadcast, of course, is February 21st of 2023. And man, oh man, uh, are we just back at it again? Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. manages to continuously raise the bar for complete and total uselessness and complete and total lack of touch with reality. Not that surprising. His most recent event, well, of course, he had a scheduled visit to Poland, which he got to today, time of the live broadcast, but yesterday made headlines and made out the left legacy media just gush all over themselves about his surprise visit to the capital of Ukraine. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the top of this first hour. Uh, we'll also be talking about... Uh, how the Democrats in the House, in particular, seem to be in full-blown panic mode because the House Majority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, handed over a lot of January 6th footage to the fine folks over at the Fox Television Network 
specifically Tucker Carlson in his show. I wonder why it was specifically Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah, because maybe he's the only one left that's willing to handle this topic and actually report what they see. Uh, yeah. Why are they in panic mode? We'll find out. Second hour will be focused a lot on the current state of education, or at least government level of education, uh, with two very distinct stories. But before we get into any of that, let me tell you a little bit about today's sponsor. Well, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. That kind of come up out of nowhere. All right, so today's sponsor is forpatriots.com, and uh, they continue to remind me to remind you about the story of Craig. Now, by now, we've had multiple uh, broadcasts now where we've been talking about Craig's story, but if you're new to the show, maybe you haven't heard it, or maybe it still hasn't really sunk in just yet about what we're really talking about in Craig's case. You see, Craig, being a good husband and a good father was trying to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida when he went out and bought himself a gas generator and he fired it up. Problem was that during the night, deadly carbon monoxide seeped out of the gas generator and into Craig's home. It poisoned his wife. It poisoned his two children in their sleep. This confirmed by local fire officials. And the sad part of this story is that Craig isn't alone. This happens to thousands of Americans every year. Not dozens, not hundreds, thousands. Fortunately, most of the time, the carbon monoxide poisoning is caught before it becomes deadly. But there are still people that die every year, and there's still thousands of Americans every year that suffer from the carbon monoxide poisoning. Now, what's even worse is that it doesn't have to happen to anyone. It certainly didn't have to happen to Craig. Thanks to the brand new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators, Generators that are now available to all Americans, even those who probably think they can't afford them. The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas. So it, of course, doesn't have fumes. And instead of being loud, it's as quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight, you can literally take it with you anywhere. You can even use it inside. Powerful enough to keep your phones charged, to keep your emergency radios operating, to keep your medical devices working. You can even use it to keep your refrigerator running. And right now, you can go over to 4 and use code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first port purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator, hint, hint. Just go over to the number four, fourpatriots.com, and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, -P, all caps, to get your 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get yours today. So, boogie on over there, your first, next, best opportunity. Now, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. doing his best impersonation of a guy who 
might actually kind of sort of know what he's doing. Trying to act tough. Should have put the aviator glasses on, Joe. You might have been a little more believable, at least to those two lonely Democratic voters that still vote up for you when it comes to your approval ratings. See, Americans woke up Monday morning with the news of the so-called surprise visit to Ukraine by the so-called President of the United States. Press outlets swooned as Joe Biden was seen walking around the streets of Kiev. And, of course, hand in hand alongside Zelensky. The latter, of course, donning his signature olive drab. There were even air raid sirens blaring in the background, you know, to really make the scene pop. All for the photo op, of course. See, I'm... I'm sort of... sort of in the middle on Ukraine aid. I've made it pretty clear. I, I was pretty on board initially, but the longer this has went on and the more I've seen the approach, I, I kind of find myself in the middle. You see, I believe that some effort to try and diminish Russia's military might, uh, fighting the proxy war, I think that might pose a net positive for us here. But uh, I still need some accountability when it comes to that. What I am most definitely, absolutely, 100% against, however, is being gaslit. And this entire visit was nothing more than gaslighting, along with trying to convince everyone that we should just continue to give more and more money and weapons that we don't seem to be replacing, by the way, uh, to the Ukrainian military uh, when... We still have hostilities on the rise with China. In fact, I, Joe Biden still doesn't seem to understand when he flubbed Afghanistan the way that he did, he opened the door to be challenged. And challenged he has been. And stepping up and meeting those challenges, he has not. Despite the best machinations of uh, Kamala Harris, who's trying to convince everyone that we have a strong leader. Really? Where? Who? You, you say Joe Biden in your little statement, but uh, no. Going and taking a photo op when you're completely safe and staging it like you're trying to do some freaking Hollywood scene is, well, we'll just call it gaslighting and move on from there, right? You see, there's absolutely positively no Secret Service protocol that allows the President of the United States to be left strolling around outside in the open during an actual air raid. So those sirens that were clearly turned on with no actual threat in the area just to make Joe Biden look tough and courageous, yeah, that's we'll just say questionable at best. The fact that Zelensky would participate in such a stunt, well, you know, basically, for all intents and purposes, interfering in U.S. politics, well, 
Some people might find it disappointing. I myself found it predictable at this point, given his former career as a comedian. So never mind all the money that he's getting isn't coming from Joe Biden. I'm still talking about Zelensky. Never mind the fact that Zelensky's all that money, it's not coming from Biden. It's not coming out of Biden's pocket. Some of it undoubtedly is making its way back into the Biden crime family's uh, bank accounts. No question there either. Oh, Tim, you can't prove that, so you shouldn't say it. Well, this is the part where I remind you I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinion commentator. But in this case, I would, I would be willing to risk a great deal if I had to bet if that's happening or not. That money, though, that Zelensky's getting, it's coming from, well, the United States Congress via the American taxpayer. You know, the taxpayer, you, me, uh, all you guys listening out there, uh, the people that remain an afterthought in all this pomp and circumstance, if, if even that, I mean, are we even an afterthought? Because, I mean, that would kind of insinuate that at some point we're thought about. I don't I don't believe we are, quite honestly. But anyway, at best we're an afterthought. Maybe I'm giving too much credit there. Besides, while the mainstream media outlets gladly took the bait, because, you know, they, they wanted to run it. They're looking. They're desperate at this at this point to find some reason to talk positively about Joe Biden, his approval numbers still in the tank, and while they've come up just a little bit since their lowest of lows, ongoing situation with China and the ongoing situation with Russia continues to remind the American people, even Democratic voters, the reason why his approval rating dropped so far in the first place was because nobody liked how he just cut and ran in Afghanistan. And he hasn't effectively done anything else. Oh, well, I'm saving the economy, and I, I'm uh, creating uh, smaller deficit spending, even though technically it's the Republicans not giving him everything he wants that's been the source of any type of reduction in spending. And he's still trying to pitch for more spending while he's at it. Yes. Yes. The means, the mainstream legacy media, they want to praise Joe Biden. They want to call him brave for, you know, surviving a, a supposed air raid. Not sure that the optics of this do either Biden or Ukraine any favors. There is actually a war going on in the eastern portions of Ukraine. The seriousness of that is being seriously undermined by having Biden and Zelensky take this little sightseeing stroll about town. It's hard to simultaneously make the case that Ukraine is on the brink of destruction while the U.S. president walks around willy-nilly uh, talking about how he wants some ice cream and, and how he needs a little girl to sniff their hair. You know, just acting as if nothing's wrong, nothing's going on. <laughs> Almost ironically, I actually think 
this little trip by Biden tends to hurt Zelensky's cause even more because it feeds domestic division here in the United States. We see this, and we see it for what it is. I'm far from the only person that's called this out as gaslighting. And I've even heard Democrats who were on board with, well, let's send everything we can to Ukraine. We have to support Ukraine. Now they're starting to scratch their heads and they're like, uh, really? There was never any danger to Joe Biden here. This air raid was not a real air raid. Why do that? Now, this, of course, also leads to a secondary controversy that has sprouted from this, which is that Biden somehow had time to fly to Ukraine, but hasn't been able to travel 260 miles to visit East Palestine, oh, East, East Palestine, I'm sorry, in Ohio, which is, of course, currently in the midst of a major eco ecological disaster, thanks to a train derailment. Again, Perception matters, and it should in this particular case. And in this case, the perception that this puts off is that the president is far more concerned about rebuilding Ukraine than he is about helping American citizens who have found themselves with poisoned groundwater. And to be sure, Biden has made plenty of trips inside the United States in the past for far less nationally relevant issues in this particular case, it certainly seems like he just doesn't care about Americans in red states. Oh, but Tim, how can you make such an assertion? I'm not. Lots of other people are. I'm just agreeing with them. This is pretty clearly the correct perception. If he did care, we wouldn't have been waiting till here today that Pete Buttigieg is finally going to make a trip there. And it seems like they're being shamed into that because Donald Trump announced as part of his campaign he'll be going to visit later this week. So with that said, does anybody really think performances like this little stroll about Kiev is scaring any of our adversaries? Is it bothering Russia? Is it making China think twice? No. Not at all. In fact, if anything, it seems to be getting worse. Because we've been told, and of course tensions have been rising between the U.S. and China ever since Joe Biden, again, pulled out of Afghanistan in the fashion that he did. And the effort to move forward and take Taiwan is still very much on the table. It's still very much a law plan. Make no mistake about it. But since we've now started to try and draw a line in the sand and said, China, you cannot help support Russia in their efforts. And now China basically is flipping us off and saying, uh, stay out of our relationship with Moscow. That's literally a quote, by the way. Stay out of our relationship with Moscow. Basically telling us it's nanya business. But this level, this elevation, this escalation in Biden's speech when he was visiting Ukraine, where 
now evidently not only are we going to be sending tanks but there seems to be a major push towards sending new aircraft the top of the line fighting capabilities which means if we do that and we train these people we're opening the door for offensive attacks into russian territory which we may very well be doing by giving them tanks which you know correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't it just a few short months ago that joseph robinette biden jr himself was telling us well we're going to provide support and humanitarian aid but we're not going to to take that next step of providing certain types of offensive weaponry. We're, we're not going to send tanks. Well, now we're sending tanks. We're not going to send aircraft or missiles. We've already been sending missiles. And if Lindsey Graham has his way, uh, again, thanks a lot, uh, South Carolina. If Lindsey Graham has his way, we will be sending those jets. It's just a question of working out the details and getting around to it. We're pushing Russia and Iran closer together. We're pushing Russia and China closer together. We are doing everything necessary to magically end up in that World War III scenario. You know, the, the thing that everybody on the left kept saying Donald Trump was going to, to start, and yet Donald Trump managed during his form of diplomacy to make the world a safer place, not a more dangerous one. And Joseph Biden Jr. undid that with the single cowardice act of just leaving behind American citizens and American allies in Afghanistan in a haphazard uh, effort to just turn over a nation that had spent 20 years of nation building towards a democracy, towards freedom for its citizenry, including women, and just handed it back over to 6th century gold herders that have never heard the idea that women can be educated, let alone should be. That women can drive motorized vehicles, let alone should be allowed to be. Yeah. Yeah, all about uh, all the checking all the boxes and all about all this wokeness and we want to protect uh, children and women's rights, although we can't actually define what a woman is. So so don't ask me that. But but yeah, but we're going to pull that. And you think that doesn't project weakness? You think letting a spy balloon fly all the way across the freaking country before you decide to shoot it down doesn't project weakness? You don't think overreacting to the uh, pushback from that event and then suddenly using uh, freaking Sidewinder missiles to take down Happy Valentine's balloons that managed to float away from somebody's party, that level of overreaction somehow does not project weakness? Come on. What is going on here is absurd. And... Why are we promising to send them cash money with no level of accountability there to help pay for, and again, part of uh, Biden's speech, to help pay for social endowments and pensions? Hello, what? We can't even take the time, the effort to honestly look at Social Security here to try to make sure that seniors that have paid in all their lives can, can continue to get their 
Social Security, but we can make sure that Social Security and pensions in Ukraine get paid? What? How, did, did anybody approve that here? Again, guys, uh, are you a taxpayer? You're an American taxpayer? Then that's your money. It's not Joe Biden's money to give away. It's not even Congress's money to give away. They're allowed to allocate it. They're kind of probably going to do whatever they want to with it. They, they tend to think that uh, it's theirs and we're just lucky they let us keep any of it. But that's not the way it actually works. That is our money. And they, the federal government, although they haven't done it in a long time and they haven't been held accountable to that standard, they do have a fiduciary responsibility and we need to be holding them accountable for that. Why on earth are Ukrainian citizens being put ahead of U.S. citizens when it comes to this simple idea. And again, don't get me wrong, the Ukrainian citizens, the folks that are caught in the middle of this, they're not in a good situation. But tell me again how it is we're supposed to believe that the Biden administration or any of the European factors that are also looking to try and maintain the current status quo in the Ukraine-Russian conflict, how is it that they actually have the Ukrainian people's best interests in, by, in, in mind when all they want to do is keep the conflict going? They'll escalate it just enough to keep it going. And that's it. Why? How are we supposed to take that seriously? Either you're going to be uh, all in and, and get it taken care of, square it away, get it done. Or you're just going to need to go hands off and try to put as much political and economic pressure on it, an actual economic pressure that doesn't actually allow for Russia to suddenly become great and good friends with India, which is exactly what happened. I'll remind you, under the Trump administration, India was one of our best friends, and India was a solid ally in trying to maintain a certain balance of power in that region. Now they're right there on board because the Biden administration has treated India like a redheaded stepchild, too. They've treated them as badly as they've treated the uh, Afghan—not the Afghans, I'm sorry, the uh, Saudi Arabian uh, government to the point that why would they be allies with us? Even when their interests align with us, they're treated like crap by this administration. Failed foreign policies have real-world ramifications that cannot be simply undone as easily as they are done. Joseph, Joe Cool, barely there, Beijing Biden, doing it again, bought and paid for by the Chinese, and still is managing to creep us ever so much closer. The events have been happening. There is an un questionable and quite unnerving similarity of what's going on here that's been happening since Joe Biden took office in comparison to the events that led up to World War One. And again, there's your homework assignment, boys and girls. For those of you who haven't already seen it, don't take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. Meanwhile, let's take that mid-hour break. And uh, we'll continue upon my return. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. I'm Ron Edwards. 
host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. I got no thrill on Capitol Hill. They listened until their faces turned blue. Has the federal government turned against us? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. The federal government, some state governments, and numerous local governments are, in my opinion, conducting open warfare against the sovereign citizens of this troubled republic. The recent arrests of Arizona rancher George Allen Kelly is a supreme reflection of the government war against law-abiding Americans. Over the past two years, seven million illegals have been encouraged by the Biden regime to slither into our republic. They live everywhere, from Rhode Island to the West Coast, at taxpayer expense. Many illegals have destroyed private property on the U.S. side of the southern border and have killed ranch animals and have harmed ranchers. The federal government and leftist state governments no longer recognized our unalienable right of self-protection or more recent stand-your-ground laws like they have in Arizona. Even Mr. Kelly's lawyer refuses to argue on his behalf to get him a reduced bail. According to Soros-inspired judges, district attorneys, mayors, and governors, domestic and illegal border-crossing criminals rule. Good law-abiding Americans drool. I'm Ron Edward. Until the next page from the Edwards Notebook, see ya! Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, Put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds Coffee Display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Where have you always wanted to go? 
Chances are you've had a dream honeymoon destination in mind for years. What if we told you we could get you there? Later in April 2015, we got married in Nashville. So we were trying to figure out what registry to do and then heard about Honey Fund. So we put it on the website and lo and behold, one by one, all of our gifts were fulfilled. Even the fruity drinks for Carmen and the entire Honey Fund. With Honey Fund, the world's most trusted online wedding registry, your honeymoon is our business. With no platform fees, you can set up your custom cash-powered registry page quickly, easily, and budget-friendly. Despite the name, we offer more than just honeymoons. That's right, you can use Honey Fund for wedding funds, a home down payment, charity registry, or any savings goal. Whatever you need to start your marriage right, we're here to ensure your future is bright. We've helped more than a million couples just like you make their dreams come true. Here's how it all works. Step one, create. Using our design tools, you can create a custom Honey Fund page as unique as your love. Whether you create a wish list of experiences or choose a simple donation box, you'll get cash in your bank account for a small processing fee. You can also register for zero-fee gift cards from nearly 200 popular travel, dining, and shopping brands. Step 2. Share. Once you've completed your personal Honey Fund page, share the page with friends, family, and wedding guests. Honey Fund can be your main wedding webpage or link to a wedding website of your choice. And if you're ever stuck, our five-star customer service team can show you how. Step 3. Receive. With your unique link, your guests will be able to donate easily, eliminating the hassle of finding a gift and allowing you to take that trip, make that down payment, or do whatever else you've chosen to receive. Unlike other cash registry sites, there's never a fee to guests on HoneyFund. The best part, HoneyFund is free to try. So what are you waiting for? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Stop dreaming and start your forever journey by setting up your free cash-powered wedding registry today. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Glad to have you here along for the ride. Uh, quick reminder, too, uh, we have a sponsor currently. That is forpatriots.com. Uh, we often put links in the show description that goes with affiliate companies. And then a lot of these audio ads that I'm playing uh, otherwise are companies that I own a small equity stake in. So... Again, I'm not getting paid from them for airing that uh, advertising, but I do like for you to be aware of the brands and keep them in mind. Uh, when we're talking about that, we're talking about Beanstalks, we're talking about uh, Boone's Bourbon, we're talking about Honey Fun and Second Skull. 
a few others that will probably be added here and there. Uh, now, I, the amount of equity that I hold in these companies are so very small that I'm not even legally required to, to mention that. But I do want you to know those are on there because I do have the potential of getting financial gain by virtue of of you doing business with these folks but these are good companies they are very solid now uh, i mention all that again also to mention the fact that honey fund has recently made an announcement that uh, they have managed to negotiate a majority of the fees uh, out of the way so their commissions are coming from a different area so again visit honeyfund.com and see for yourself with the details there uh, it's not exactly the same deal as with the ad any longer uh, there has been some improvement along those lines uh, better for you the potential customer and uh, again beanstalks is a, a great uh, program as well so uh, just check those out now uh, let's get back to the show shall we in case you were under a rock the other day uh, Kevin McCarthy made a lot of waves by doing a thing as our good friend Ilhan Omar would say that particular thing in this instance he gave access to the producers of the Tucker Carlson excuse me, the Tucker Carlson show, uh, to 41,000 hours of Capitol surveillance footage from January 6th of 2021. So, naturally, the Democrats are in full panic mode. See, they made this whole big production thing. I, I love the fact that one of the first folks out the gate that was really upset about it, Representative Adam Schiff. He was so bothered by it that he instantly had to go out there and, and get on Twitter and say things like, Kevin McCarthy turned over January 6th videos to right-wing propagandist Tucker Carlson, a man who spews Kremlin talking points, suggests January 6th was a false flag, and spreads the big lie. Make no mistake, this isn't about transparency. It's about fueling dangerous conspiracy theories. Now, that is particularly rich coming from Adam Schiff. Because if you'll recall, Adam Schiff was a guy that was constantly going on television and telling the American people, at least those that were still watching CNN and MSNBC, I guess that's about 18 in total between the two networks. Anyway, I was telling them on the regular... Yes, yes, Donald Trump was definitely colluding with the Russians. I've seen the proof, and that will come out. Except it never did, because there was no proof. It was all a bunch of, I don't know, let's be nice about it and just call it conspiracy theories, shall we? Uh, and that's what he's concerned about now. But, but, you know, it's not just Adam Schiff. House Democrats now are planning to meet in order to discuss Kevin McCarthy just giving away these footage, these hours and hours of Capitol surveillance footage to Tucker Carlson, well, his producers, technically. So much so, Minority Leader King Jeffries sent a letter to Democratic colleagues on Tuesday of this week saying that his team is, quote, 
working to confirm the precise nature of the video transfer, which he called a reported breach that poses potential national security risk. What? Anyway, when House Democrats hold a virtual caucus meeting set for Wednesday afternoon, Jeffrey said that members will hear presentations. They're really good at presentations, right? Not so good at other stuff, but really good at presentations. They'll be hearing presentations from House Administration Committee ranking members Joe Morrell from New York and Bernie Thompson from Mississippi who was chairman of the now-defunct January 6th committee, by the way. So I guess the real question is, are they concerned about what they call the big lie? Or are they more concerned about the American people finding out maybe what the actual big lie may have been? Yeah, just wondering out loud, asking for a friend, if you will. Anyway, Axios was first uh, reporting on Monday of this week that uh, McCarthy shared with Tucker Carlson and his producers the 41,000 hours of surveillance footage from the day that a crowd of people entered the U.S. Capitol, disrupting lawmakers who were meeting to certify Joe Biden's 2020 election victory, uh, or as they like to call it, the insurrection. Oh, yes, yes. One more reason to try to impeach the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, John. Donald John. Trump. Yeah, I see. Only his closest of close friends just call him John. <laughs> Okay, I made that totally up. Uh, so anyway, uh, Donald John Trump is the man. Anyway, uh, Tucker Carlson later said on his show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, just in case you never actually watched it, uh, he said that his team had been granted what they believed to be unfettered access to the tapes. And he plans to start sharing what they found uh, as early as next week. Quoting here, some of our smartest producers have been there looking at this stuff, trying to figure out what it means and how it contradicts or not the story that we've been told for more than two years. We think already that in some ways it does contradict that story. McCarthy has not yet commented publicly on the situation, but a Fox News spokesperson uh, speaking to the Daily Wire said that the report from Axios was indeed accurate. They had given this amount of video surveillance to the Tucker Carlson show. The speaker said last month that he was looking to release the tapes because of the politicalization that he believed had been fostered by former Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the so-called January 6th committee, which focused heavily on Donald Trump in its final report. So during uh, its slate of hearings last summer, the January 6th committee aired clips of security footage, including one showing Senator Josh Hawley uh, running through the Capitol hallway. 
in his letter, once again talking about Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, minority leader. In his letter, Jeffries argued that the panel followed, quote, numerous protocols in viewing the security footage and stated there is no indication the same precautionary measures had been taken by McCarthy and Carlson. U.S. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manager confirmed security footage had been given to McCarthy, according to CNN. When congressional leadership or congressional oversight committees ask for things like this, we must give it to them, Manager was quoted as saying. Jeffries, Thompson, and other Democrats have already begun to raise concerns about Tucker Carlson obtaining the video by claiming that he is a purveyor of misinformation that fuels Russian propaganda. Which, uh, I think that's a stretch. Uh, Tucker Carlson is a guy that I don't agree with about 20% of the time. But the thing is, that other 80% of the time that I do agree with him, he's pretty spot on. And even on the 20% that I disagree with him about, he has solid logic and rationale in the reason why he feels the way he does. It's never an issue of facts. Tucker Carlson is a truth teller, and he's not afraid to stand up and tell the truth, even when it's unpopular, even to the folks that you would typically consider to be his fan base. So I got a lot of respect for Tucker Carlson. Calling him a purveyor of misinformation uh, is a badge he should wear proudly, because at the end of the day, Anybody who's telling the truth right now about this administration or even previous administrations, if you skip the last one, they're considered to be purveyors of misinformation. It's a badge that I've received a few times myself, and believe me, when they take the time to stick that on my account, you know there's a truth they really don't want told. But fueling Russian propaganda? There comes a point when what we deem to be Russian propaganda, still may very well be true. The truth can be propagandized. In fact, that's usually the most successful kind of propaganda, one that's so deeply rooted in truth that it's extremely hard to suss out which parts may be uh, simply for controlling the hearts and minds as opposed to just speaking facts. The Capitol Police and federal prosecutors involved in January 6 cases have argued in favor of keeping much of this surveillance footage hidden from the public over concerns about security, of course. Uh, nothing at all to do with the fact that perhaps there's a lot of misleading things that they have been purveying. Yeah, I just... Clearly, that would never be the case, right? I mean, it's it's not even a possibility. Uh, certainly not a probability. They certainly wouldn't be trying to cover their own backsides. Not, not at all. Still, despite this assertion, 
some Republicans, you know, those mean old nasty Republicans, they've been cheering on the release of the tapes. Just just rooting for it, trying to goat McCarthy into doing it so much faster. And now they're really, really excited about it. Those ba That's another reason, you know, this is a terrible thing, right? Of course the, the Democrats should be worked up and concerned. Of course the fiction writer, I'm sorry, representative, shift should should be obviously concerned about Russian conspiracy theories and propaganda and misinformation coming from the likes of Tucker Carlson and and probably me as well. <laughs> Quoting from a tweet here from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, just as an example of the cheering off. For all of you that doubted we would release the tapes, here you go. I'm very happy to be right again in my support for Kevin McCarthy as our speaker. Americans deserve to see the truth, not a one-sided narrative, an unfair, two-tiered justice system. Oh, there, there she goes again, that Marjorie Taylor Greene, such a radical such a such a dangerous individual she should be removed from the house of representatives immediately or <laughs> in a completely different vein maybe just maybe we should elect more people like marjorie taylor green and get rid of you know other certain types of representatives who are far more concerned about the threats posed by letting the American people know what actually happened. On the day of insurrection. <laughs> you know, I, for one, I'm, I'm very pleased with not just the decision to release it, but who they decided to give it to. I really am. Because at this point, who would do a better job at disseminating Tucker Carlson has some of the best producers currently working in investigative journalistic television. He does, hands down. Uh, full props to the producers of that show. Tucker, again, he's a truth teller who does not shy away from topics and, and issues that people may not want to hear the truth about. But that is a lot of footage to go through. It, it really, that's a lot of footage to go through. So if in this short amount of time they had to, to look at it, Tucker's already saying that he thinks they may already have video evidence that kind of supports the notion that the Democrats who had been controlling this footage before were not exactly being forthcoming with what the footage actually showed. Well, then one of two things are happening. Number one, it could just be, and I know this is me being just as cynical as the folks on the left here in this instance, but it could be just a case of Tucker trying to tease future broadcasts to boost the ratings some more. And, of course, something like this should boost the ratings. People should be tuning in to see this. Even people that don't normally watch Tucker Carlson should be watching the show to see what comes of this. 
but you put that cynical idea aside, the other thing could be that there is so much of the footage that contradicts what the Democrats were trying to tell us during the committee meeting and during the multiple television appearances by people like Adam Schiff, that maybe, maybe there's so much evidence, in fact, that you may want to rethink your feelings about how angry Donald Trump got as a result of this. And he clearly did get angry. He did clearly get very upset that he was treated in a fashion that was not in line with the events that occurred. The accusations made were enough to be upsetting. And then for the results to have ended up the way they did, it would be nice if the Donald had it in him to maintain a certain level of with professional composure, I guess, would be the, the phrasing I'm looking here, rather than take everything so personal. But then if he did that, I suppose he would not be the same guy that went over the hearts and minds of a lot of Americans. A lot of folks that came to realize that this is a guy who didn't need any of the headaches, didn't have a reason to do this other than the fact that he loved America and he loves people. You know, despite all the accusations of what a horrific racist he is, when clearly, if he's a racist, he's certainly one of the worst racists in the history of racist people being racist. <laughs> I mean, it is just that simple. He's just not any good at it, if that's what he is. So at any rate, what we're really talking about here is perceptions, right? The, the first story at the top of the hour and this story here at the bottom of the hour, it's still about perceptions. And more importantly, controlling your perception of what it is they're doing and how it is they've been conducting their business. And more importantly than that, how they've been keeping you in the dark. Now, granted, if you're a regular listener to this show, you're not buying into the media narratives. You're certainly not buying in to the narratives being handed out by Joe Biden, his administration, and those transgental to that uh, administration. But it is still an ongoing effort to control how you perceive what they're doing. It is a concerted effort to try and control at least enough of the American populace to try to get them to continue to vote for them, or to at least still have enough people voting that when they pull shenanigans, they can still say, well, there's no widespread voter fraud. Oh, wait a minute, Tim. Now you're getting really close to promoting conspiracy theories and the big lie again. And I will remind you what I've been saying since before the 2020 election, and that is you don't have to have widespread voter fraud anymore. You can have very targeted voter fraud in just a few select important voting districts, and that will be enough to turn an election when we are as divided as we are at the moment. So the very fact that they continue to talk about widespread voter fraud, that is still there out should the truth ever be revealed. Should the big lie ever be found out to have been the truth all along? 
And at some point, I can't help but think it probably will be, and maybe largely thanks to people like Tucker Carlson. And uh, I guess we have to give credit to Kevin McCarthy for having the wisdom to hand it off to someone that at least a majority of Americans still have faith and trust in, more so than other opinion commentators around the country. For better or for worse, whether you agree or disagree, that still seems to be the case when it comes to Tucker and uh, the work they're doing on his show. So how does this all play out in the end? Well, you know, we'll have to wait and see. This very much has the same feel to me as the Twitter files had when that first started. And by the way, it's still an ongoing thing. It's just there's fewer releases at this point. I think most of that has played out at this point. But there were still big stories coming out even after most people kind of stopped paying attention. Which is also unfortunate because the important and the most important parts of how the government had been working hand in hand, how the FBI and the Justice Department had been trying to bully uh, even the folks over at Twitter who were on board about suppressing a lot of conservative uh, thought and idea. Uh, some of the stuff that they were being told in, they realized, well, this is just flat out not true. Why are we playing? Uh, why are we playing ball with these people that are trying to get us to just flat out lie when even we know better? Well, that's a good question. This kind of has the same feel. What will be revealed? What will be the footage files drops? I know. I, all of a sudden, I'm looking forward to finding out. I have a feeling a lot of you guys should feel the same. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, I'm looking at the clock, and it looks an awful lot like it's almost time to go ahead and reset for the hour. So, that's what we're going to do. Let's play a little Matt Fitzgibbons, and then we will transition into hour number two. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west they homeschooled all 
much more from so much less You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break as we reset. And now we're plunging headlong into hour number two of tonight's broadcast. Yeah, we we do the live shows on Friday now, and I have on good authority that we may be getting to announce very soon an expansion. For the broadcasting of the live show, uh, picking up yet another network. Now, nothing's finalized yet. And come Friday, I may not have anything at all to announce. I need to find out. And hopefully by Friday, we will know. If not this coming Friday, then maybe the following Friday. But just want you guys to know, I'm excited about the possibility. And even if it doesn't come to fruition, I'm really excited about the fact that it was being considered. So anyway, we'll we'll pick it up from there. Uh, we talked a lot about the efforts of Joe Biden and Democrats to control your perception. And in the previous broadcast, we spent a lot of time talking about how the woke crowd has been trying to do exactly that and how they've been targeting the young in order to try to control the future. And part of that was this effort to go back and wokely, politically correctly edit the works of child novelist Dahl. You know, the guy who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and wrote James and the Giant Peach and wrote The Witches, just among a few of his more popular and better known works. Well... Their efforts to target the young have been well-documented for over the last several years uh, here and uh, on almost any other conservative media outlet as well. But uh, that effort is showing up probably more so in education as much as it is anywhere else. And part of the woke effort is basically a war on merit. It's a word you've been hearing me use more and more here recently, and I'm hoping you've been hearing it other places, too. But uh, when the news broke in late December that the principal of Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology uh, had been uh, withholding national merit commendations, uh, had been holding these student awards from those who had earned them, this happening, of course, in Fairfax County in Virginia. I notice a lot of these stories have been out of Virginia as far as the truth coming out about how these school systems have been doing this. But when that happened, Superintendent Michelle Reed blamed a one-time human error on this incident. 
basically saying, oh, you know, it wasn't a concerted effort on our part. This wasn't about wokeness trying to diminish the ideas of merit and trying to protect the feelings of people that didn't earn these awards. No, no, no. It was just a one-time thing. It's a one-off bit, and it was a mistake. It was an error. Well, after more principals started confessing to the practice of withholding these awards, in up to 18 schools in Virginia's Fairfax, Loudoun, Prince William, and Stafford counties, Reed then shifted the blame to staffing issues. You know, uh, well, okay, maybe it wasn't a one-time human error, but it's still a human error because we just didn't have enough people to, to do the things we needed to do to make sure that these awards were handed out the way they're supposed to be. Well, in a recent uh, message sent out to parents, she insisted that there were, quote, is not a war on merit, which, of course, means there most definitely is a war on merit. Despite her assertion, though, thanks to a 2,000 pages of email uh, grouping that was obtained in response to her Freedom of Information Act a request, a better known as a FOIA request, um, in these 2,000 pages, it's made pretty clear. It's revealed that T.J. staffers and administrators, that's the Thomas Jefferson School, uh, seemingly motivated by the pursuit of so-called equity, willfully engaged in a deliberate pattern and practice of withholding awards, devaluing the worth of these awards, and probably most disconcerting, but certainly most important, deceiving parents in the process. In 2022, the National Merit Scholarship Corporation recognized a roughly 34,000 commended students, or you could just say the top 3% of the one and a half million high school students who've taken the preliminary SAT exam. And then another 16,000 semifinals, or the top 1% of students who later compete to become finalists. For those students, the awards are portals to lucrative scholarships and resume boosters that can get them into the colleges of their choice. So, withholding these particular awards in a very real, very real fashion, it amounts to theft. You're not only stealing their opportunities at the scholarship, but you are also stealing from them the opportunities that attending a more prestigious college might have earned them should they earn that diploma there. They get their degree from a more prestigious college in the field of their study than what they ended up having to settle for because they didn't have the resume to compete because this award was held from That is a tremendous amount of earnings over a lifetime. That's theft, plain and simple. 
This is money being kept out of their hands. Withholding these awards is theft. Now, John Banzoff, a law professor uh, at the uh, George Washington University, uh, said in regards to this, quote, it certainly appears to be a failure of fiduciary duty on the part of school administrators, staff, and teachers. I'm thinking that that's probably putting it pretty mildly there, Professor. And yet, Thomas Jefferson's staff, the staff members there, falsely told parents that the awards have, quote, no financial recognition. Did you get that? They told the parents, eh, it's not really going to affect anything financially. When, in fact, many of these awards are, in fact, attached to scholarships. Staff members have claimed that no letter or Formal announcement typically come with the awards when, in fact, schools all over America make a big deal of them. And National Merit sends out the awards with the expectation that schools will ceremoniously announce the winners. In other words, you're supposed to make a big deal out of it because... In order to get it, it kind of is a big deal, at least academically speaking. But, according to the documents obtained in the FOIA request, they kind of show that as early as fall of 2020, again, this is still at Thomas Jefferson, we'll just call it TJ moving forward, uh, the TJ staffers squirreled away National Merit Certificates in the records room. In the last aisle furthest from the door on one of the shelves. Literally, the last place you would see if you walk in, you would almost have to be looking for them to have accidentally found it. You would have had to have known what you were looking for and where to look for them at. They hid them. In fall of 2022, a few teachers handed out the certificates in the hallway, quietly, without ceremony, without pomp and circumstance, without any of the things that these students had actually earned as a result. So as to, you know, not make a big production out of the delivery. They didn't want to make a big deal. They didn't want the students uh, that didn't receive it to feel bad. And they didn't want the students that received it to think, oh, wow, you've accomplished something. Oh, no, they're just trying to avoid the big production. Some of the students, they didn't even get that. Some of the students never received the awards. They never got the certificates. They were never informed that they had won these awards, so they couldn't use it in their academic resumes. They couldn't receive the scholarships that go along with. Because they were never told. So what seems to be at work at the 18 schools that now confess to having withheld awards, but certainly seems to be political ideology. The Fairfax County School District 
has been hijacked since the summer of 2020 by the newfound social justice activism ideology of its 12 to 0 Democrat school board. Since the summer of 2020, a woke army of self-proclaimed equity warriors has laid siege to K-12 school districts like Fairfax County. All as part of their war on merit, but also, quite obviously, even though they'll never admit it, even though they'll say that I'm purveying misinformation, it's not just a war on merit, boys and girls. It is a war on the students. It's a war on kids. Why would you say that, Jim? Well, follow me here. Not only are they costing actual dollars from getting into the hands of some of these students so they can pursue academic careers after high school, but they're also trying to promote mediocrity. They're trying to promote this idea that through equity, and again, this goes back to something that now, I wish I could claim that this is just my great philosophy, but almost every conservative commentator on the planet has been trying to say for some time, they cannot guarantee equal outcomes if the outcomes are good. The only type of outcomes that can be guaranteed are the crappy ones. And that's what they're trying to do. Equity is about guaranteeing outcomes. Well, then they want all the outcomes to be bad. If you are a student that could have been better, but you are encouraged to be mediocre by these policies, by this effort, then this is also committing an act of harm upon those students as well. I mean, even best case scenario for a student that was never going to be a good student, you're still led to believe that it's okay to make no real effort. There's no consequence for not trying. You'll still get uh, your regular diploma because it's harmful for those students. But the worst part in my mind is that this is probably still coming from a place where a lot of these teachers simply don't want to be held accountable for not teaching. Maybe not the teachers, but the administrators certainly feel that way. Uh, how are we accomplishing our goals? You remember under the George W. Bush days when we were doing this whole, we're gonna, we're gonna do this testing, and when students don't pass these certain, no child left behind policy, and then the teachers were all up at arms because, well, these tests don't adequately test how good of a job we're doing of teaching. Some students just test poorly, which is true. That much is a true statement. Not to the extent they would have you believe in their effort to cover up, well, hey, don't hold us accountable. Remember, we found in the Atlanta school system and then several others afterwards, but the big story that first broke was in Atlanta when they were finding ways around the no child left behind testing policies. They were cheating like crazy. They were cheating for their own benefits, but the people that were really being harmed, again, were the kids. This is a war on the kids. 
Leftist ideologies do not work. It puts these students at a disadvantage. And worse of all, it allows these students to be dumbed down enough to think that these are the people that have been trying to take care of us. So we'll make sure they stay in power. So back in August of 2020, local school district leaders, including the TJ administrators, fawned over a virtual event featuring Ibram X. Kendi, race baiter extraordinaire, the author, of course, of the anti-racism thought process, this treatise that makes the argument that the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Well, later that year, the school board voted 12 to 0 to rid TJ of its merit-based race-blind admission process. In other words, uh, we don't care what color you are. What we care is the merit of your ability to perform science. Because again... Uh, Thomas Jefferson, in this case, is a science school. It's a STEM school. Well, because they were all worked up over discriminating in the present against those who have been, in the past, uh, beneficiaries of discrimination against students of color. Well, you know, we're going to do that now. And we're going to get rid of merit-based admission. We're going to get rid of race-blind admission. You know, we're, we're going to look very much at the color of your skin and deciding whether or not you get in. And then after the school principal went on record as saying that she wanted more brown and black children, perhaps forgetting that 80% of the school's students are members of minorities, most of them Asian Americans. Uh, Maybe she had forgot that. Uh, Maybe she was just, well, just a little too busy virtue signaling to actually do her job and have some level of actual virtue. So in April of 2021, TJ teachers taught a social-emotional learning lesson, which featured material from Black Lives Matter, the, you know, Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the organization that now is not even allowed to legally fundraise in the state of California. Tells you how good of an organization that was. Conmen and drifters from the beginning, completely destroying the narrative that actually a, a legitimate Black Lives Matter organization might have actually had some merit. But, you know, again, merit's not allowed, so it's got to be the grift. Nothing but the grift. Anyway, this particular lesson uh, had material from Black Lives Matter Incorporated. And an activist uh, alum who scolded the school's Asian American students for having engaged in, quote, cultural appropriations when they salsa danced during a school event that celebrated global cultures. Okay, I want you to think about that for a minute. A school event that was celebrating global cultures. Uh, the whole idea here, the notion, the concept, the precept, is that you experience, you immerse yourself to at least some degree 
in a different culture so that you can have the educational value that comes from that and the cultural uh, opening of your mind to new ideas. Uh, well, sorry, you're culturally appropriating when you engage in salsa dancing? Really? Meanwhile, in the fall of 2021, the Virginia Department of Education hosted a webinar with a Muslim educator activist who argued that 9-11 hijackers shouldn't be called terrorists for fear of hurting the feelings of Muslim students. If we have to be worried about the feelings of the students who, again, at least I hope, had no actual ties to the terrorists who hijacked the planes and flew into the tower, then why would it hurt their feelings? Well, because they're Muslim, and all Muslims like have to feel the same pain, right? That is more racist than somebody saying, Oh, look, Ahman, you're a terrorist. <laughs> kids can be mean, and kids can do stupid things. Kids shouldn't do that. But if you're not letting kids be kids, then what's the point? If you're going to say, we're not going to call the hijackers Muslim, because that might hurt other Muslims' feelings, then what other points of history are you going to whitewash? Are you going to ignore? Are you going to rewrite and just blame the white guy? Well, clearly we know the answer to that is all of them we can get away with. So we need to stop them. Anyway, in response to the news of the withholding of these awards, Virginia Attorney General Jason uh, Myris, I believe is the pronunciation of his last name. Sorry, Jason, if I butchered that. Jason launched a civil rights investigation into the issue and into TJ's new admission policy. You know, the one that's no longer merit-based or colorblind. The new one that would appear to, you know, pretty much just be racism by definition. So, you know, good for him. Stay on it. An analysis of the national merit winners revealed that about 75% of the semifinalists are Asian, indicating that withholding of these commended student awards has an inordinate impact on Asian students. So, last time I checked, aren't they supposed to also be a protected minority under civil rights laws? I mean, I get it. All the people on the left now want to claim that Asians are white adjacent, so they don't get the same protections that other minorities get. The same argument that some of these folks have been making about the Jewish community. Oh, you know, you're just white adjacent. You're kind of sort of white. Unless you're Whoopi Goldberg, in which case you say that Hitler wasn't racist at all, because Jews actually are just white. Of course, when Whoopi Goldberg is considered to be one of your thought leaders, you need new thinkers. Anyway, on a particular Friday afternoon back in November of 2022, after early admission deadlines for many colleges had passed, a TJ staff member sent 17 senior class homeroom teachers an email to tell them that the staff had 
recently received commended student certificates. The certificates which the principal had received weeks earlier included a message in bold. Quote, please present the letter of commendation as soon as possible, since it is the student's only notification of this National Merit Scholarship Program honor. Within minutes, social studies teacher Melanie Morris responded that 18 of the 26 students in her homeroom were among those who received the award and warned, quote, please be cognizant that handing these all out at once in one classroom might single out the students who did not receive one. She also said, I'm going to hand them out as I encounter them in the hallway, or if I teach them in another class, not all at one time. Just food for thought, especially considering my thoughts on using the PSAT as an indicator of success, meaning my opinion is more important than any measurable level of success for their academic career, and therefore I will not be singling out those that did not receive the award. Okay, the kids that don't get it know they haven't put in the work to earn it in the first place. And I'm sorry, if we're literally at a point, but by the time you're teaching senior-level students, senior high school students, if they haven't figured out that they haven't putting in haven't been putting in that effort and therefore will not be receiving awards that are based on getting that level of effort being put forward, then what exactly is it they have to feel bad about? Oh, themselves, maybe? The the level of effort and time they put into it? Oh wait, maybe there is one other thing. Maybe they might start to question why you, dear educator, didn't try harder to teach them and why it is that such a high number of these students happen to be Asian or Asian American, however you prefer to call them, which is a particular group that is well known for, and, you know, we hate to propagate uh, any type of... Uh, a stereotypical kind of traits here. But this is a group of people that are well known for having parents that stress at home what's required to achieve success, even if that's not being required of them in their actual schools here in the States. So maybe, maybe it's not just about protecting those students' feelings, but also protecting your feelings when you have to look them in the eye and explain to them why you didn't do a better job of at least trying to reach them and trying to get that effort out of them. At the very least, because that is kind of the job, right? Oh, well. Latin teacher Patricia Lister responded, punctuating her comment with a smiley face emoji saying, quote, true, 
And it might actually be the opposite in that many of the kids who don't get one might be semifinalists, and those who get just the commendation might not be so thrilled. In any case, I'm not going to make a big production of handing them out. Days later, TJ's director of student services told local mother, Shauna Yeshar, that he and the principal had withheld the awards from students so as not to hurt the feelings of those who hadn't received them, and to focus instead on students as individuals rather than as achievements. Soon after, TJ Associate Principal Sarah Jenton admitted to the principal that she hadn't told commended students about their awards in 2021 until a parent raised the issue. In another email, the spokesperson, the director of student services, admitted to the principal that he did not tend to the NM commended student process even in 2022. He did not tend to this national merit commitment student process. Indeed, in a letter dated September 10th of 2020, the national merit official sent the principal of the school a list of commended students, a sample press release, and award letters for each student, noting the important part that you and your professional staff play in the development of academic excellence. You know, something teachers used to know immediately, something school administrators used to actually take pride in doing. I recall when it was a feather in the cap of a teacher when one of their students won an award of this kind. I recall school administrators, principals, superintendents being excited, exhilarated at national level recognition for students. It was enough to make the local papers. That press release would be released. It would be in the paper. The local papers were happy to report. I remember that kind of thing. And not just because I was a recipient of some of those back in the day. Uh, you know, back when dinosaurs were still roaming the earth and I was walking uphill barefoot in the snow both ways to get wherever I was going. Yeah, back in those times. But you see, by September 22nd, a parent who, for the benefit of the storytelling here, we'll just call mom number one, because she wants to remain anonymous. Uh, and at this point, isn't it a shame that because of cancel culture, because of these morons, uh, the mom has to be anonymous, but still needs to step up and protect her students from the administrators, the people who are supposed to be working on her child's behalf, who are supposed to be surrogates to the parents when they are in the school's care. The parent needs to protect them from them and their poor choices. Mom number one learned accidentally that her son was a commended student 
and then emailed the uh, TJ staffer asking, quote, are these commended students listed anywhere? Or is there some sort of letter or something that we can have to document the achievement? The staffer replied, there is a certificate for the commended students that will be sent home at some point. At some point? At some point. More than a month later, in the morning of October 27th, an early admission deadline for many colleges, just days away, mom number one then asks again for the award, saying, quote, we still have not received the National Merit Commended Student Certificate. She forwarded her query to the principal. Soon after, a staff member uh, sent the spokesperson for student affairs a spreadsheet with the names of 230 TJ commended students with details on where she had stored the award certificates. Quoting here, my own son's name was on the list, but I wouldn't learn about it until two years later, which was the first I report. I was the first that I heard about the story. This is from one of the parents. Again, staff members responded about the certificates that the mom was trying to get, saying that there's no harm in sending it if we have it. But for the rest, we can include it or distribute it later. So in other words, they're still not in a hurry to get these out into the hands of the students or into the hands of the students' parents. Okay, we'll give it to this one mom. Mom number one can have it. So then another month passes. It's a month later. We're in November. A different parent will call her mom number two. She told the TGA counselor via email that she had discovered that her son was a commended student. However, we were never notified and did not receive a letter. They told me to contact you to see where it might have gone. See, her son needed the certificate for a four-year scholarship to Liberty University, a scholarship that was worth $100,000. The counselor then claimed falsely to mom number two, there is no letter and no formal announcement for commended scholars. Meanwhile, across the country, Langley High School had just announced its own committed students, uh, not across the country, across the county. A different school, same county system, just announced its own committed students. So, yeah, there's formal announcement. Mom number two asked, can you scan it and send me a copy? The counselor told the staff that the mother was requesting a copy for a scholarship opportunity. Staff directed the counselor to, quote, uh, the last aisle furthest from the door on one of the shelves. Finally, the counselor sent a scan of the award to mom number two, an award that should have been put in the hands of the student. Now, mom number one, in the meanwhile, had still not heard back about her son's certificate. So now we're in April of 2021, she emailed the principal of TJ again and saying, 
what do I need to do to receive our copy? Again, now I'm putting a negative emphasis on this, putting a harsh tone, but it wasn't written that way. It's just I'm starting to feel the frustration here. I want to know what's going on. Principal of the school uh, then asked the, the student affairs coordinator, another staff member, uh, do either of you recall what was done with the certificates? They had squirreled it away so far that they themselves had lost track of where they had put them. Eventually, that mother, too, received her child's certificate. The rest of the certificates remained on that shelf. Very important note here, by the way. Both of these mothers, who successfully pursued their children's awards, were American-born, unlike many of the school's parents who were Asian immigrants. So again, they were willingly, knowingly taking opportunities away from American-born students born to Asian immigrants, a protected minority class. They were discriminating against the white-adjacent Asians. In the fall of 2022, the school repeated its willful subterfuge. In mid-October of 2022, principal of TJ once again falsely told parents, well, falsely told a parent, that commended students received notification last spring. The mother replied that she was slightly confused. Finally, on November 14th, principal of the school distributed that year's awards, but teachers were intentionally caging in handing them to the students. The TJ social studies teacher, Ms. Morris, uh, had recommended that her colleagues be subtle in handing these out, so most of the teachers followed suit. We don't want to make a big deal. We almost want to make it seem like you should be ashamed of winning this award. So on December 12th, Student Affairs Coordinator admitted that the certificates had been delivered late to the students, passively claiming that the mistake had been brought to his attention. The mistake. This was their willful action. They all were in on it, but we're still going to lie to the parents so the parents don't get mad at us because this is the kind of thing that if the parents found out we were doing, they might have some legal ramifications to deal with and definitely should have to face some type of legal... What's, what's the good word here? Um, repercussion. Anyway, one of the parents wrote to the student affairs director saying that her daughter didn't receive anything on November 14th and never heard anything about this. Another parent wrote uh, to the same guy, I probably need some education about the recognition. I did not go to high school in this country, and I don't know the gravity of such recognition. Now, that to me kind of sounds like they do have some idea, but... Uh, they're trying to drive home the point of how important this is for the students to the people who should be 
putting the students first. Is it the same thing, back to quoting, I'm sorry, is it the same thing as the National Merit Scholarship, or is it something right below that? The response? <laughs> the response was fake news, false information, claiming that the award is just a notable accomplishment without any scholarship or financial recognition. Commended students qualify for 800 different corporate special scholarships, according to National Merit. Now, obviously, you're not going to get all 800, mind you, but there are 800 different corporate special scholarships that you are in line for by virtue of being one of these commended students. Uh, scholarships that you cannot even apply for without this commended student status. In an email late last year, a mother wrote her son was, quote, wasn't given the certificate in his homeroom, even though he has been present every day except one in his four years at TJ. The parent asked if another one of her children, who had graduated from TJ back in 2021, was a commended student. And indeed, he had been. Student Affairs Coordinator informed her two years too late. This callous disregard was very disappointing, was the reply from the mother. Uh, that afternoon, Student Affairs Coordinator wrote to a National Merit official asking for a reprint of the National Merit Commended Student Certificates from the fall of 2020. Reed, Fairfax County's new superintendent, has committed to a philosophy of equal outcomes for every student by hiring a California-based consultant at the whopping price tag of $450,000 for nine months to chart an equal outcomes strategy for the school district this year. Meanwhile, many students and their families are still unaware of the national recognitions that they received over the past few years. Recognitions that, had their educators been faithful to their duty, could have made a dramatic difference in their academic and professional futures. This is the level of so-called professionalism in the current state of education. And again, we're focusing on stories from Virginia, but like I said, when we have talked about Virginia, especially Loudoun County business, that is not the only place that this is happening. It's happening across the country. And to demonstrate some of the results of this, We'll take a look at another story, this one from Illinois, right after we take this very brief break that I'm going to have to make sure is very brief because I ran a little longer than I had expected in prevailing due to this story. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. 
form a more perfect union to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. History Month has evolved into focusing mostly on females, so I will follow suit. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Eunice Burdell Rivers was born in 1899 in Tuskegee, Alabama's farming community. She was one of three girls raised by loving parents who encouraged them to do well in school, graduate from college, and escape the brutality of life in the South. Eunice and her two sisters excelled. Eunice Rivers became a nurse in 1922. She also became a trusted health authority for black American families. In time, Eunice Rivers was so trusted by the Tuskegee black community, she eventually joined forces with racist white medical doctors in the famous Tuskegee experiments that used black men as tortured human guinea pigs. Her trusted position in and around the rural black farming community enabled her to recruit 600 black men to participate in the agonizing study if they had syphilis. In return, the men received free medical care. The men were never, ever given the medical treatment that could have cured them of the syphilis. As a result, they died agonizing deaths while Eunice Rivers and her white medical superiors conducted the Tuskegee experiments until 1972. Mm. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, and to find out where, go to theronedwards.com. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ERH year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. 
These products are patented and proven. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. ladies and gentlemen thank you for staying with me through that very brief break before we get back to the uh final story of the evening i want to remind everybody that the federal government has been warning for a little while now of a known safety threat this particular safety threat poisons thousands of americans every year and worse it kills americans every year again i'll remind you the story of craig and what happened to his family he was trying to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida. He bought a gas generator. He fired it up, and unfortunately for his family, during the night, deadly carbon monoxide seeped out of the gas generator and into Craig's home. It poisoned his wife and his two children in their sleep. The sad part, Craig isn't alone. It happens again to thousands of Americans every year. What's worse Craig's tragedy, it didn't have to happen at all. And the same is true for every other American that this happens. It doesn't have to happen thanks to a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators that now is available to all Americans, even those who think they might not be able to afford it. The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes. And instead of being loud, as quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight, you literally can pick it up and take it with you anywhere. You can take it with you on a camping trip. You can take it around to your uh, friend's house. You can bring it inside. It doesn't matter. You can take it with you wherever you need to take it. And it's powerful enough to keep your phones charged up, to keep your emergency radios running, to keep your medical devices going, even to keep your refrigerator running if that's what you need. And right now, you can go to forpatriot.com and use code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to the number four, forpatriots.com, and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, put that in all caps, to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use code TAP to get yours today. All right. Now, only have a few minutes left, but this particular story, the numbers are the shocking part anyway. Spent some time talking about how in Virginia we have this war on merit and a war on the children. According to a report here in Illinois Public Schools, there is no student zero none proficient at grade level in math or reading at dozens of illinois public schools according to this report from a nonprofit research organization now the reports from a group called wire points it found that 30 illinois schools 
no students can read at grade level, while 53 schools had no student being proficient in math. The schools, of course, are all primarily located in the Chicago area, and the spending per student varied in 2022 from about 6000 to more than $50,000 per student. Again, throwing dollars at this doesn't solve the problem. I seem to recall a lot of conservatives, myself included, making that statement quite frequently. Dollars do not solve the problem. The absolute failure to teach even a single child to read and do math in so many schools is yet another indictment of the state's educational system, according to this report. One school referenced by WirePoints is Spry Community Links High School, located in Chicago, where none of the 88 students are proficient in either math or reading, despite the school spending more than $35,000 per student per year. That's a lot of taxpayer dollars being wasted, boys and girls. Another Chicago school, Douglas Academy High School, spends over $56,000 per student every year, but none of its 44 students can read or perform math at a proficient level. 22 of the 30 schools with dismal reading scores were located in the Chicago area, while more than 30 of the 53 schools with students who aren't proficient at math were also in the Windy City. WirePoint noted that 622 Illinois schools, only one in 10 students could read at grade level, while the same ratio stands true for math at 930 schools. Now, defenders of the current system are sure to invoke COVID as a big reason for the low scores, but a look at the 2019 numbers shows that the reading and math numbers were only slightly better than they are now. And that was pointed out in this report as well. According to the Chicago Public Schools, the lower scores can be attributed to the pandemic. And several schools included in the WirePoints report are designated for those who have previously dropped out. Excuses, excuses. The majority of schools listed in the recent WirePoint report are CPS option schools, which serve students who re-enrolled after dropping out. Option schools serve some of our most vulnerable students who face higher rates of challenges related to special education, housing instability, involvement in the justice system, and victimization. The combination of these challenges lead to higher rates of mobility, transience, chronic absenteeism, and disengagement from school for extended periods of time. This is the excuse they gave to Fox News. The report comes as Illinois' Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker has voiced support for elements of a proposed AP African American Studies curriculum. Uh, in a letter to the College Board, Pritzker said, that it's necessary for the curriculum to include the history of black queer Americans. 
Is it really necessary? He also asked for a nearly 10% increase in state funding for education in his recent State of the State address. Yes, because that money is already being so very well spent. Taxpayer dollars being treated extremely well. He's more concerned. The governor of the great state of Illinois is more concerned about black queer Americans being part of an AP level class when they can't even get to reading and basic math at grade level, that the proficiency levels that have existed for decades that stand in the state of Illinois aren't meeting the basic fundamentals. When you have that many schools where you have zero students at proficiency levels, you have some serious problems. Those problems go well beyond your claims that COVID is an issue. I don't know. Well, maybe if you guys had opened up and had actual in-person classes, it would have been different. Oh, yeah, except for the fact that the 2019 numbers aren't that much better. The focus is on the wrong thing. Maybe instead of like they were doing in Virginia and trying to hide and take away opportunities from those people that are focused on merit, maybe we all need to get back to focusing on merit for our decision-making process. That might be, my friend, what saves America. And that's going to have to be it for today. <sighs> in this case, I wish you would take my word for it, but you know what? You don't have to. Go do the work yourself. Don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Good night, everybody. Using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Maloney, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands. 
using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. 